Welcome to another episode of Anecdotal Evidence, the podcast sponsored by the American Institute of Dental Public Health. I'm your host, Annalise Cothran, and today we're joined by the Truth Initiative. The number of young adults between 18 and 21 years old who tried vaping or e-cigarettes increased more than 400% from July 2017 to October 2018. It's one of the fastest growing sources of nicotine use for youth and young adults, largely influenced by social media advertising and appealing flavors. Compounding the targeted advertising is a flurry of misinformation around vaping, including notions that e-cigarettes are less harmful than combustible cigarettes, or that vaping devices contain less nicotine or are somehow less addictive. The Truth Initiative is America's largest nonprofit public health organization committed to making tobacco use a thing of the past. Since its inception, the Truth Campaign has won countless awards for their work in advertising and health communication, not to mention preventing over 2.5 million new smokers and awarding almost a million dollars in grant funding. In part one of this two-part episode, we learn about the Truth Initiative's evidence-based health communication process, their innovative implementation of peer-to-peer campaign strategies, and the direct impact of their campaigns to include significant reductions in combustible use. I'm joined today by Dr. Elizabeth Hare, who oversees the Schroeder Institute, which is the health communication research arm at Truth Initiative. Her work includes the formative research of the Truth Campaign and the longitudinal evaluation of the campaign's effectiveness in communicating anti-smoking messages to young adults. In addition, Dr. Hare conducts research on youth use of traditional and emerging tobacco products. I'm also joined by Dr. Barbara Schillo, also from the Schroeder Institute at the Truth Initiative, who has over 20 years of experience in conducting applied research, managing research in public health programs, and leading organizational management. At Truth Initiative, she provides leadership for research that examines the impact of tobacco-related policies on youth and young adults. Let's hear what Barbara and Elizabeth have to say about health communication strategies for vaping and e-cigarette use. So I thought we would start off today by talking about um, the Truth Campaign and the Truth Initiative. I know whenever I was young, I remember seeing the Truth Campaign and, and hearing about smoking and the bad things that smoking does to our brains. And so the Truth Initiative has now really taken off from the Truth Campaign and it's, it's a much broader outreach. So would you mind sharing a history of sort of the Truth Initiative and where you guys were at and where you're at now? Great. Well, I'll talk a little bit about this. The Truth Initiative actually just celebrated an important milestone, its 20-year anniversary. And so we are a national public health organization that is inspiring tobacco-free lives and building a culture where all youth and young adults reject tobacco. So Annalise, it's great to hear that um, these messages were messages that you heard because uh, these are messages, campaigns, research, um, and prevention work designed to um, really uh, reach youth and young adults. Um, Truth Initiative, just a little bit about the history, was founded um, as a result of the Master Settlement Agreement. So that's the largest civil litigation settlement in American history, uh, 46 states, 
um, and the tobacco industry reached an agreement um, to pay billions of dollars to compensate states and territories for taxpayer money that had been spent in connection with tobacco-related diseases. And so uh, Truth, uh, the Truth Initiative was uh, set up uh, with a, a portion of those funds uh, dedicated to um, really addressing uh, tobacco use and the harms that tobacco causes youth and young people. So that's a little bit about um, how we are organized uh, as uh, an initiative. I'm gonna let uh, Dr. Hare talk about um, our work under the Truth Campaign mm -hmm. and the Truth uh, uh, Communication efforts that we do. Right, so our the campaign started almost um, immediately with really taking a focus on building um, the evidence and talking to youth around combustible products, cigarettes in particular. And we spent, a, you know, the, the vast majority of the years we've been in existence messaging on that and um, had a very large campaign that ran, as you mentioned early on, saw some of our iconic ads like our body bag ads and our singing cowboy ads very early on and made a real difference in changing the trajectory of smoking among youth um, in this country. In 2014, we decided that um, it was time to really put a a large effort back behind those campaigns. And so we relaunched the Truth Campaign with a major effort, effort to put an end to combustible use um, among youth and young adults. We also aged up a little bit to deal with the initiation among young adults instead of just among um, youth um, in this country. And so we've spent the last five years uh, messaging on that and taking a really hard look and have done a, an exceptional job where um, smoking rates have continued to decline dramatically over the last five years. However, um, in the last year, we have seen an epidemic proportion um, in terms of growth of e-cigarette youth um, among youth, youth and young adults. And so now we are also messaging on e-cigarettes and vaping. Yeah, and I think just to um, uh, back up what um, Beth is talking about, um, we have seen historic lows in youth combustible rates below 5% nationally. Um, and that's incredible when you look at where truth started 20 years ago and where that rate is now. But unfortunately, what we're seeing now is this explosion, this epidemic of vaping, um, tobacco, vaping um, and using that as a tobacco product um, in, um, in, in incredibly high numbers. Right, so I, I think it's really interesting that we can sit here and celebrate some successes. So combustible products, Truth really did a wonderful job um, running an evidence-based marketing campaign to help educate youth and young adults about the dangers of smoking and really taking an innovative approach um, that now can be applied toward this newish trend of vaping, juuling. We have a lot of names for it now. Um, and I wondered if maybe you could take a second to talk about your evidence-based approach. Um, I know as a public health person, as a health communicator, what I've often told my colleagues is I didn't realize that I was doing health communication wrong for so long. You know, we do so much health communication and so much education, and we really don't take the time to put the evidence behind it that we need to. And I know that that's something that the Truth Campaign and Truth Initiative does really, really well. So maybe you can talk about some of your evidence-based approaches mm -hmm. to how you developed your campaigns and the communication strategies that were successful. Yeah, I would love to talk with you about that. I think that that is one of the kind of the cornerstones or the foundation of our organization. Um, 
we really take the science and the, the research as kind of the core to starting that campaign. From the very beginning, we start with really uh, listening to youth and young adult about how these products are integrated into their daily lives. And so really take the time to figure out how they're being used, how they're talking about them. We were one of the first to, to discover that they weren't calling it vaping with the new Juul device. They were calling it jeweling. There was a whole different language that was being, that was emerging around this, um, this behavior. And so thinking about how that is and how we can actually communicate with them because one of the, the kind of the bedrocks of our truth campaign is we don't ever say don't smoke. We provide the facts and the information to allow the youth and young adults to make the decisions um, that hopefully are in their best um, health direction, right? And so we are, we start with, again, that understanding what's going on, how, how this behavior is integrated within their um, culture and day-to-day -day lives. We then look at the science around the product. So we're, we're looking at the actual research that has been conducted either around tobacco or vaping and to see what we what we know and what we don't know because everything in our in our ads will be based on the science. So our name is Truth and we want to have that information be be truthful that we are putting out. So the, each of those facts, you know, so this, our our content is based with facts at the end of it. And so each of those facts have have a have at least an article but normally a a set or a body of research underneath it that is backing up um, the research. We take those facts that we think are, that could be useful, we actually put them in front of, of youth and young adults and have them tell us, is this, is this newsworthy? Is this something you would share with your friends? Because we're hoping for that viral nature, that conversation component to happen with the, the Truth Campaign. We are a peer-to-peer -peer campaign. We want youth and young adults talking to each other. And so for us providing them with the information and having that conversation actually happening. And so we have, we want it to be newsworthy. We want them to feel like they would be able to share that information and start a conversation on a topic like combustibles that is a low interest topic. They don't really want to talk about it, but finding ways to, to start those conversations or on something like vaping, which they may not be quite ready to hear that vaping is not the cool thing to do. Right. And so finding the ways in to have those conversations. So those go through, once we find the facts that we think are probably the most relevant and the most useful to um, be building this, this content around, our creative agency and our marketing group here at Truth put together the creative wrapper around that. Simultaneously, the team that Barbara and I are working with look at what kind of key attitudes um, and um, knowledge items we think are going to, to really push changing intentions to smoke or intentions to vape in the future. And so we work together then with our marketing group to make sure that we have the right facts and that we're that the creative execution are pushing the right attitudes so that we're eventually changing um, intentions to smoke or intentions to vape. So we get all these nice wrappers there before that ad goes out into the real world, it goes through our process of um, pre-market testing. So we actually show the ads in a forced exposure type of setting to youth and young adults and get a sense of whether or not exposure to that ad actually changes their intentions to smoke or to vape um, over time. And so it's, again, in a short period of time. Um, and then we once that goes out, we then monitor it in the real world. So we have an, um, 
a continuous tracker that collects information on a weekly basis from every from uh, of a representative group of youth and young adults in this country. And so we're really monitoring, are they receptive to the ads? Are they seeing the ads? Are we seeing movement on those key knowledge and attitudes that we know will eventually change um, behavior? And then finally, we maintain a longitudinal cohort um, as well that we track over time. We launched our cohort in 2014. We have been following them for five years. And we, we um, ask them questions about every six months. We find out whether they have been exposed to the Truth Campaign, but also we're monitoring their tobacco and nicotine usage um, in that survey. And so we can see whether exposure to the campaign is making a difference in whether or not they engage um, in tobacco um, usage. Over time. Yeah. So it, there, there are so many different moving parts when it comes to effective health communication. It's not just about getting out a message and figuring out what no. tagline works with youth, right? It's figuring out one, what the message should say, two, how it Correct. should be presented, you know, three, who it should be presented by. And I think it's actually really interesting and innovative that the Truth Initiative uses peer-to-peer -peer campaigns. Mm -hmm. um, do you mind sort of expanding on how you went around um, to create that um, that method of communication? I know personally, I have a almost 14-year-old, um, and it's hard to get her engaged with almost anything. Uh, particularly, you know, health communication and wanting to really promote healthy behaviors. So how did you approach and get the buy-in on the peer-to-peer -peer campaign that's worked really well and effectively? Yeah. So I would say that from the very beginning of Truth back in the early 2000s, we, we started out being a peer-to-peer -peer campaign. So having the peers really, you know, be the ones that are talking to each other versus a, a lecture down approach. We use the voice and the language and and try to take on those kind of cultural moments that um, youth are um, dealing with in, in their daily lives to help make that happen. So in, within the current campaign, we definitely take on that um, cultural moment. That, um, so we're, we're engaged around say the Video Music Awards or the Grammys or the launch of Walking Dead, the premiere of Walking Dead, you know. So these shows or these, these, these these events that youth are going to be engaged in already, we um, insert the, the truth message within those so that it's it's in that feel of that, that work. We also do quite a bit of work with um, like MTV and Adult Swim where we actually integrate our content within those shows and do collaborations with them. We've done collaborations with The Onion and with College Humor. So we're in the spaces that youth and young adults are naturally going to, right? Versus trying to get them to come to us, we're going to them. D does that make sense? And in, and in their voice, right? As much as possible so that, that we're, we're using the terminology and the language and the humor in a way that they are, um, will engage with. Right, and, and it sounds like you're also following the process that the tobacco companies often follow too. I mean, they're there in the spaces using those yeah. social media influencers to promote mm -hmm. their, you know, they're very targeted and strategic about recruiting young people to use their devices. That's absolutely true. And I would say that I personally think we do it better, you know, but um, <laughs> we, hope so. we are there, but we're using, you know, some of those, you know, the, the best ways to reach youth and young adults and, and, and get them to kind of engage with that message. We do um, partner with quite a few social media influencers as well, especially if we're going after specific subgroups of populations and as a way to say, 
hey, you know, this person who you know and you trust, in, in which they know and trust our brand also, but partly because of our partnerships with um, all, all these different entities you know, that they're seeing on a daily basis. And not just hearing it just, just from us, they're hearing it from, you know, Arden Rose, which who's been our current voice with our vaping product, you know, or a the, on Twitch with, with the gamers that are happening or, or with um, at the Vans Warp Tour because we are, partnered them with them for over 15 years. So they're hearing us in those contexts um, and can build and understand the brand and who we are around that. Yeah, I know personally, it's a little bit difficult um, to stay relevant. I feel like youth, you know, mm -hmm. especially in the age of the internet, it's moving so quickly. Like a lot of the things you just mentioned, I'm not super familiar with myself. So <laughs> it's really wonderful that the <laughs> truth is. <laughs> I have no idea who Arden Rose was before she, she appeared in one of our um, yeah. social influencer it's videos. It's a great yeah. way to make you feel old, this work, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think well, that's I think really wonderful. Yeah. And I think what you're on to is that we need to stay current and relevant with how young people are receiving information and um, where they're engaged, the space that they're engaged. So we know, for example, that um, young people don't watch television in the sense of how you used to watch TV. They're streaming. And so some of our research that looks at um, smoking uh, it, while streaming uh, are incredibly strong pieces of research that have uh, potential policy implications um, for thinking about this uh, moving forward. Mm -hmm. When we talk about the campaign, there, there's what, what you see on, the, on TV and what you see in the social media, but it really is kind of a multi-pronged um, effort. So, so we have our main messages, we have our grassroots efforts, we have our partnerships, as I mentioned, with, with organizations like Vans, the Vans Warp Tour and the High School Music Tour, you know, so where, where we're out in the community as well as being in, in the digital space um, with them. And I think having that multi-pronged approach that we are, that we have that, we're sharing that message, we're effectively, you know, um, delivering the message and there's real people that they can see. Um, and we, did, we, we spend a lot of time hiring those marketers that, that go out um, to those events as well so that they represent and look and feel like the youth and young adults um, and train them on how, how to have those, those conversations with youth um, as well. And because of that, we can say that we are the, um, we have saved over 3 million lives since the inception of our campaign um, with the decreases. You know, we, we are down below 4.6% according to monitoring the future on combustible use. We have every hope that we're going to see, hopefully be able to stem the tide on vaping um, now that we are messaging on it. We, we our campaigns consistently win multiple um, awards like Emmys. We won a daytime Emmy for, for a piece of work this year. We, we win Effies around our communication efforts, Ogilvy's for our research around that, that um, the campaign. And so really spending that time to, to do that, but also, making sure we have the earned media approach too, so that we are getting that information out to adults as well as to the youth and young adults um, that are our right. main target. It's absolutely impressive, the work that you do, and, and just the sheer amount of work and science that involves every piece of the media campaign is, is 
impressive. And I know one thing that you mentioned um, that I've seen a lot of, but you also brought it up earlier, is the huge increase that we've seen over the past year or two years um, in adopting young young people adopting vaping and and e-cigarette use, which I think is what us olds are now saying. <laughs> it's really vaping and jeweling, and and the Truth Initiative has really brought out the fact that old people like us are saying e-cigarettes. And when I talk to, to my daughter about e-cigarettes, she's looking at me like, I don't, that's the thing. Like I've never heard of that in my life. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's dueling. Her, about dueling, she knows what you're talking about, yeah. Right, exactly. And so when I had this conversation with her and I said, like, tell me about your friends that are vaping or dueling. And she's like, okay, now I'm tracking you, mom. <laughs> like e-cigarettes yeah. were just not the verb that she was using. So how is the truth campaign, what research that you can share with us um, might be driving that huge adoption. What are what's affecting this massive increase that we've seen in juuling and vaping and e-cigarette use? Well, you know, so in addition to all the research and science that we're generating on the health communication side, we are also generating a significant body of uh, policy-related uh, research to inform uh, where we stand uh, with current use of different tobacco products, most notably and of interest lately, of course, is uh, the use of uh, the e-cigarette products, the vaping products. So um, we have a portfolio and a focus on um, e-cigarettes and Juul in particular, which now really represents about 80% of the market mm -hmm. um, if you look at sales of e-cigarettes. And so e-cigarettes have been on the market for a while, but it really wasn't until the introduction of these sleek USB um, shaped devices with relatively high nicotine content and a salt-based uh, delivery system um, that delivered the nicotine much more um, impactfully or effectively um, that these products really took off. And they didn't take off as cessation devices, they took off among young people. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we've seen this incredible spike uh, the CDC, the National Youth Tobacco Survey, uh, showed that in 2018, 21% of high school students reported e-cigarette use, and that was a 78% increase from the year before. So we'd seen increases, but last year it really was this dramatic increase up in the use of e-cigarettes. So why is that a concern? Well, it's a concern because these devices contain high levels of nicotine, and we have significant science that tells us that nicotine is harmful for the developing brain, for the adolescent brain, which isn't really fully developed until 24, 25 um, for young people. And so there is the harm of exposure to nicotine. Um, another uh, major concern or driving concern is that there's now over two dozen studies that show a relationship between initiation with an e-cigarette use and later combustible use. So here at Truth, where we've been working so hard and have been successful in driving the combustible rates down, we and others uh, across the country in the field of public health and tobacco control are incredibly concerned that we could see those declines reversed and see a new generation addicted uh, to nicotine and then go on to use combustible use. Um, and so, um, those are our major concerns um, uh, that we're looking at. Um, we are, in addition to the work that we're doing with young people, we're doing research with all sorts of stakeholder groups. So we finished a survey last year looking at, well, what do parents know about these devices? And we certainly found 
um, some level of awareness, but lots of room for improvement in terms of parents being able to see a photo of the Juul device in particular in the pods and know exactly what they're at, what, what those are. Um, but I will say parents are concerned. They know about it. They're hearing about it. Some had received communication from their schools. So then we went to the schools and teachers and administrators, how much of an issue was this in their schools? And of course, what we saw is that uh, very much an issue that they're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. And I would venture to say if we went back out in the field and repeated those surveys now, we'd see even more concern um, and maybe more levels of awareness um, because efforts are underway to um, educate parents, to educate teachers and other stakeholders that interact with young people about what these devices are. Um, really trying to drive home the message that it's not just water vapor, um, that there's significant amounts of nicotine in these products um, and that uh, they pose a significant health risk um, for young people. So I'll let Beth yeah. talk about some of the research that we've done off the Truth Longitudinal Cohort that tells us more specifically what we know about um, uh, e-cigarette use. Mm -hmm. So so we know from our longitudinal cohort a few things, and one of those is that, that 15 to 17 year olds are 16 times more likely to be using an e-cigarette than 25 to 34 year olds. So again, wow. you can see this really among the, the younger part of the population, and we saw this kind of nice little hierarchy um, that was happening, you know, that where where the it was really that the the youngest kids were using it and not the older um, part of the cohort, and so that's really just concerning to us. And if you look at like the flavors that are that are there among um, these e-cigarette products, you know, these fruity, sweet, candy-like flavors, they are very attractive to youth um, in terms of being able to initiate. And and we've seen that those flavors like mango and the, the fruity flavors and, and mint are the top flavors for youth initiation into these products. And so it leaves a really a, um, a, an area where we probably you know, need to be talking about whether those flavors are needed if this product really is supposed to be targeting adults who are wanting to quit a combustible product. We have a new wave coming out um, of the TLC soon. And so we'll be looking at whether or not we're seeing increases. I'm sure we are, but you know, that data will be coming out of the field any day now, and, and then we'll be looking at kind of those predictors of increases um, as well. But we're, we're anticipating that flavor use is going to be a driver. Thanks for joining us for part one of the Truth Initiative series with Anecdotal Evidence, the podcast holding space for public health professionals to share their stories. I hope you enjoyed hearing about how the Truth Initiative approaches health communication strategies. Tune in next week to hear part two of my conversation with Beth and Barbara as we talk about health policy implications and ways for practitioners to interact with their patients around vaping and e-cigarette use. If you're interested in learning more about the evidence-based campaigns run by the Truth Initiative, visit their website, www.truthinitiative.org to view videos, download communication tools, and learn more about their tobacco research.